This week, we talked about the FBI rating Mar-a-Lago and Liz Cheney failing to win Wyoming's Republican primary. You're listening to Politics Schmolitics, and this is the week of 8, 21, 2022. everyone i hope you've been having a nice summer so far the school years began summer break and all it passes by so quick but still let us begin a year and a half out of office later trump still never fails to make headlines mar-a-lago which is trump's residence in palm beach florida it's also known as his winter white house it's been raided by fbi agents now feels bizarre to saying something like that because if Fox News hosts were right about one thing, it's that this is the type of things that you see in third world countries, not the United States of America. And while they were saying that in support of Trump, I'm saying it in the exact opposite. Because how can a person get themselves into so much trouble? First, we saw eight hearings dedicated to revealing the large part that Trump played in the January 6th riot. Then, he's under investigation by the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, over whether he lied about the true worth of his properties, and now his own residence has been under raid. Now, while this raid was taking place, Trump was actually in New York, and the the little bit of Secret Service that was actually at Mar-a-Lago, they'd already been notified. So, it's not like your action movie FBI raid. It's not like they had to break down doors or stuff like that. In fact, Trump had opportunities before this to just turn over the classified material he had to the FBI. But as Trump, obviously, he chose the long route. He released a statement saying, My beautiful home, Mar-a-Lago, is currently raided and occupied by a large group of FBI agents. In the same statement, he also claimed corruption and said that this was a weaponization of the FBI against political opponents. Now, a large part of Trump's presidency was centered around him being a victim, whether it was of investigations, impeachments, or more. And he always claimed to be the most persecuted president in U.S. history. This raid, it's its just helped him rally up a base that was beginning to die out and help him keep this image of him being a political martyr for the Republican Party. Other than the part about Mar-a-Lago being raided, a lot of the statement he released was just a bunch of baloney. There was no evidence whatsoever that this raid was politically motivated. In fact, the head of the FBI himself was appointed by Trump, and Biden had no knowledge about this raid until it was made public, until the rest of us figured out. And still, it doesn't seem like the Republican Party is big on facts nowadays anyways. After the raid took place, numerous candidates, current congressmen and women, and TV hosts, they sided with Trump. They called for investigations to take place when it's pretty simple what happened. Some wanted to defund the FBI and others called for the release of the search warrant. Now, a lot of this is ironic because, first of all, This is a party that claims they're pro-law enforcement, and for them to be wanting to defund the FBI, which is law enforcement, goes completely against their narrative. Second, they'd called for the search warrant to be made public, and after that was made public, the GOP wasn't really satisfied with what was released, because not only wasn't there anything that was potentially incriminating for the Department of Justice, but it 
it made even more public that this whole raid wasn't just for some handwritten notes and presidential documents that Trump had downplayed it to. It broadened how Trump was very irresponsible with these documents that were technically the property of the people, and that Trump was under investigation for breaking multiple laws, including obstruction of an investigation. Now, for some reason, as if this shouldn't have already been a red light, we saw the same people pursuing for the search warrant now they want the affidavit to be released. And the affidavit, it's basically the reasoning behind the raid and why the FBI chose to do it. And they, they wanted that to be released. Now, obviously, the whole thing couldn't be released. Some, part, some parts of it had to be kept secret, confidential. But what was released, it really quieted down some people. The affidavit revealed that the National Archives, which they're responsible for these documents, them and the Department of Justice had been trying to get these documents from Trump for over a year. And this is a very different narrative than what Trump was saying. He was he was claiming that he was very cooperative with them, and if they really wanted these documents, they should have just asked. Turns out they had been asking for over a year. It was also revealed that there were 25 documents which were marked top secret. And top secret, I mean, it doesn't sound like super like cool or anything, but that's the highest level of classified information in the U.S. So 25 of these documents right there at Mar-a-Lago. There were also 92 marked secret and 67 which were marked confidential, which aren't as important as top secret, but they're still very, very important. And all of this information at a club in Palm Beach. That's not to that's not the place to keep this type of stuff. Now, Trump and his allies are going to continue pushing absurd claims no matter what happens. Trump pushed the idea that the evidence that the FBI found could have been planted by the FBI himself and his allies even after asking for the affidavit they, they're now downplaying it and the importance of it, and now they want the footage of the raid to be released. It's, it's a never-ending spiral. And at the end of it, a law that Trump signed into play back in 2018 that changed the penalty for mishandling secret documents, that's going to come back and bite Trump in the butt. And basically, he signed this law into play in response to Hillary Clinton's email saga in 2016. And it was, it was revealed back in 2016 that she had been using her personal email for government work. And it was a big thing back in 2016 where Trump and many other Republicans and their supporters, they would call for Hillary Clinton to be locked up in jail. And I remember seeing rallies where supporters, they were yelling out, lock her up, lock her up. And differences, zooming forward six years, you don't see all of these liberal congressmen and women calling for Trump to be locked up in jail like it was back then, and Hillary Clinton didn't spit out an army of excuses and lies in order to downplay the situation like Trump is doing now, and what happened back then was much less worse compared to what Trump is doing right now, and Republican Party, they don't really seem to be paying much mind into what they've turned into. Sure, in the short term, they're going to get votes. Maybe enough to take back the House and the Senate. But in the long term, this is going to hurt them a lot. Trump isn't going to be here forever. He's not going to be the leader of the Republican Party forever. And although he's influenced a lot of people, perhaps the next generation of congressmen and women, there's going to be a day when all of this is going to come back and bite them in the butt. And January 6th committee hearings and this raid were just the first signs of what are to come. 
Liz Cheney, daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney, was once the highest-ranking Republican woman in the party. But over a year later, she's failed to win her party's nomination for the only House of Representatives seat in Wyoming. A former spreader of the Obama birther conspiracy, Cheney voted with Trump 93% of the time. Quite frankly, she was just as bad as any Trump over anything Republican in Congress, until January 6th. She was one of the few prominent members on the Republican side of Congress who actually spoke out about Trump's roles in the riot and stood by her words. And just for that, the state of Wyoming's GOP censured her, which is a formal way of saying they disapproved of her. It didn't stop there, however, and she lost her spot as the third highest-ranked Republican in the House and was replaced by Elise Stefanik. That didn't stop Liz, and she went on to join the January 6th committee, with her and Adam Kissinger of Illinois being the only Republicans on the committee. What she did, many other Republicans in Congress weren't brave enough to do, because, frankly, going against Trump meant taking on Trump's wrath, and that's how people lost their seats in Congress. And it seems like the vast majority of Republicans in Congress, just they just care about getting majority one way or another, and keeping their seats in Congress, that's all they care about. If lying to the people who they're supposed to advocate for was the way to accomplish that goal, they just went with it. Liz Cheney decided to speak the truth, and first she lost the support of her people, then the support of her colleagues, and finally she lost her seat in the House. She faced Harriet Hageman, an attorney who had Trump's endorsement in the Republican nominee primaries, and it was a landslide victory for Ms. Hageman, who won by 37%. Now, after conceding, Liz said, now the real work begins, as she vowed to never let Trump near the Oval Office again. She started a PAC, which stands for Political Action Committee, and essentially PACs take their funds and use it to support candidates or use it in opposition to a candidate. She also said she's thinking about a presidential run, but, you know, nothing short for now. As I said in the beginning, Liz Cheney, she was very conservative, and Despite everything that happened, she still is a Republican. She still is conservative. But just because she decided to speak the truth, she sacrificed it all. She did compare herself to Abraham Lincoln in her conceding speech and why I or, you know, really anyone thinks she's not really at that level yet. She was still brave and that deserves to be applauded. And that was pretty much it, folks. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe to our mailing list. All you need to do is send an email to politicspolitics2020 at gmail.com. That email is located on our website description. Also, feel free to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Great way of helping expand this podcast and a good way to give me feedback. You can also give me feedback on my email. That's the same email on my website. Just feel free to give me feedback on there. And... Spread the word, folks. Tell your aunt, uncle, friends, family, you know, just feel free to spread the word. Tell anyone. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. You were listening to Politics Schmalitics, and this was the week of 8 21 2022.